was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. I'm flying solo today as my co-pilot Lil Barron is out of the office and as we've been talking about for the past several weeks, the games of course are over. They wrapped up uh, in the in the middle end of October and uh, now it's on to the next thing for many of us, which uh, for many of us is the holiday season. So I don't know if you have travel plans for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for New Year's, the upcoming holidays. Uh, we're planning on potentially spending it with our family in Boise. Uh, we may end up just staying home and uh, spending it with the local family as well. We're kind of working out the details. But with that in mind, today I want to share from Prevention Magazine 10 Tips for Staying Healthy When Traveling This Holiday Season. And we're not going to go into depth on all 10 of them, but we're going to touch on most of them. So the first one is to be selective. It's so easy to say yes to everything that is going on in the holiday season. And there's so much that's going on. It's easy to overcommit. Instead of feeling overwhelmed and possibly running down your immune system, figure out what's doable for your schedule and then learn how to say no, which I know sometimes is difficult to do, especially during the holiday season when you want to spend time with your friends and family, but you can overdo it and end up running down your immune system. So be selective. Number two, this is an easy one uh, to understand, but sometimes a hard one to do, and that is to get quality sleep. One of the easiest ways to stay healthy is by simply getting good sleep. So don't forget a sleep mask or noise-canceling headphones for your flight. And if you're staying with family and friends, you want to make sure that you actually make time to rest. Number three is to eat well. A major challenge when traveling is to find healthy food. So seek out fresh options like salads or nuts and trail mix as snacks throughout the day. There's always plenty of delicious, sweet, gooey, yummy sugary holiday treats, but if you can take time to be intentional about the way that you eat, uh, that can make a difference in staying healthy throughout the holiday season. Uh, related to that, number four is to choose vitamin C rich foods. So unfortunately, the holidays also happen to be the start of cold and flu season. So take extra precautions and add immune-supporting foods to your daily meals and snacks. Citrus fruits are excellent sources of antioxidants, minerals, and of course, vitamin C. So always make sure that that is a part of your day-to-day. Number five is another easy one, but it's to just go outside. Traveling can leave us feeling frazzled and stressed. But a simple walk outside, even if it's cold, put on a coat and a scarf, but a simple walk outside can easily change your mood and is hands down the pick-me-up that you might need as you're traveling this holiday season. Number six is to stay hydrated. Number seven is to move. So easy it is to sit around with family and friends and stay on the couch and watching the football game or whatever it is. Get up and move around. Number eight, prioritize your mental health. All the emotions and the effort that goes into the holidays can be mentally and emotionally draining. I think we've all been there. We've all felt that. Make sure you take some time to decompress by listening to a podcast. It could be this podcast or getting a massage. All in all, your mental health shouldn't take a backseat to the festivities. Number nine, another easy one, wash and sanitize your hands. Make sure you're doing that often. And then number 10, consider some supplements. If you want to give your body an extra boost, you could do your research, 
You can ask your doctor about which supplements you should take to get you through the holiday season to keep your energy up and your immune system firing on all cylinders. So just a few tips as we're all preparing to enter the holiday season and many of us are planning to travel to keep in mind on how we can stay healthy and happy this holiday season. Today's guest, I'm excited to visit with her today. Raylene Elam is a mother of six kids. After graduating high school in California, she accepted a full-ride scholarship to the University of Arizona for volleyball, where she was a three-year starter. Following college, she coached at the University of Arizona summer camps for six years and since has coached high school varsity and club teams for almost two decades. Following a very severe car accident in 2017, Raylene now has a prosthetic leg and two daughters in wheelchairs. This past summer, Raylene made the national team for women's sitting volleyball and is excited to be playing once again competitively. Raylene, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. We're uh, excited to visit with you and to uh, get to know you a little bit better and hear some of your story. I want to jump right into the volleyball. Let's let's start there. So obviously, it sounds like you had a uh, a great high school career. You're able to play in college. How did you get involved initially in volleyball? So. For me, I got started in high school. I uh, was really tall coming out of junior high, and so every coach obviously was like, "Oh, we got to <laughs> grab this girl. She's the basketball, one that's volleyball. Be doing it. Everybody's recruiting, oh, right?" Yes, for sure. So I was a big basketball fan growing up because I had two older brothers that were close to me in age, and so I did a lot of basketball with them. Um, hadn't really thought about volleyball much until I got to high school. Um, just enjoyed playing. I, yeah. I gained such a passion for the sport. It was just. <clears throat> excuse me, it was just a fun sport that um, we had a really good time with. And so um, I just I just wanted to play all the time. And that's what I did. You know, I missed a lot of high school dances <laughs> and things because I had volleyball tournaments and yeah. because volleyball was important to me. So I loved it. And I think a lot of kids who compete or have competed in the past in high school sports understand that, you know, I know that it doesn't matter the sports you're going to, there's some sacrifices involved. For sure. You're going to miss some things. You're going to miss some family things. You're going to miss some school things, but the payoff is that you get to do something that you love to do. And as you make those sacrifices, whether they're missing things or they're just the sacrifice of coming to practice every day, doing what your coaches asked you, uh, you know, those sacrifices are real as well, but the payoff is that you get better. And that was what happened to you, right? Correct. Yeah. For me, um, I wasn't necessarily thinking of going to college. I'm the six of seven kids. Um, I would have, I was the first one to go to a four year college. So, um, I wasn't thinking of trying to get a scholarship that wasn't on my mind. I just loved playing yeah. and I loved, I had so much passion for what I was doing and I just wanted to be better and better every time. So then when, you know, when scholarship offers came in, I ended up having, I think it was close to 300 schools recruit me. Wow. And so it was awesome. It was, it was just kind of a, a reality at that point that I really couldn't see yet. Yeah. So that's amazing. First of all, 300 schools, I mean, incredible um, recruiting effort going on there. What does that feel like as a 17, 18-year-old young woman getting ready to step out into the world and all of a sudden there's a lot of attention on you? What does that feel like? Um, it was really hard in the beginning because I'm not an attention person. I really don't <laughs> right. like to be the limelight of anything. 
Um, so it really, for me, it was, it was an amazing future possibility, you know, to be able to think about going off to college somewhere and not just starting work right after high school and not, you know, not just jumping straight into life, but being able to go and continue and to grow and to get better. Um, it was it was incredible. It was fun. It was exciting. I, again, going into college, just had such a passion for the game. I just loved being in front of all the fans and being able to just compete at that kind of a level. So you you have 300 teams that are expressing interest. They're recruiting. Obviously, you go through this whole process, I'm sure, with a lot of help from coaches and parents and family and introspection and all those things. You decide on Arizona you get there, you're, you're, you're successful there as well. A three-year starter on the NCAA uh, D1 Arizona team. Um, talk a little bit about your college experience and what that was like to interact with the other players and just, again, up your game, keep getting better. So again, I, I loved it. I loved everything about college sports. I mean, so it's not always for everybody. There is a lot of a lot of other sides of it, you know, it's a lot of work. You miss a lot of school. It's a full-time job. People, I don't think everybody realizes that. You've got your school that is important. That's the reason you're there. But you also have a full-time job when you're an NCAA athlete. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We were practicing between five to seven hours a day between weight training, conditioning, and practice. Um, we usually traveled on the weekends. We were usually gone from Thursday until Sunday, almost every other weekend yeah. during season. Um, it's a lot. I, I had to take tests on airplanes in hotel rooms because you have to take a test the same time they are in class. So, I mean, it's there's a lot of mental battles to fight there as well um, on top of having to compete for your position. Um, nobody wants to sit the bench. Sure. Nobody wants to go to college. Yeah, of and course. <laughs> so... You know, you have all of those those challenges, but I honestly loved every bit of it. I loved improving. I loved getting better. My teammates were great. Um, we had a chance to, we all had one goal, which was huge, you know, because you don't see that a lot of times, even in your jobs, it's not always like that. Or even in life, it's not always like that. But for us, it was, you know, you had one goal. We wanted to win. Yeah. And so... It, even if you weren't best friends, even if you didn't hang out with each other all the time, when you were on the court, you were best friends. Yeah. Because those were the people that were going to get you to where you wanted to be. And everybody working together, which is, I think, what is so appealing about team sports. And we see that here at the World Senior Games. We see that in high school level, college level. And again, like you said, it, it doesn't, oftentimes they are your very best friends that you do hang out with afterwards. And that, and when that works out, that's great. It doesn't have to be that way, uh, necessarily. But when you're on the court, when you're on the field, when you're, you know, on the diamond, that team is your world during that time. And for everybody to be working together and pulling together, uh, for that one common goal, I think there's so many life lessons there and it can, it can be inspiring, you know, it can be an uh, amazing experience. Absolutely. So you, you did have some success, uh, some incredible success at the college level. We're able to play at the, you know, really in, to some degree. In, in many ways, the highest level in the world, uh, NCAA players, um, you know, in, in the United States of America are some of the best players that there are out there. Um, I'm going to jump ahead several years. Uh, you know, you, you've gone through that experience. You've had that amazing opportunity, but it's not all sunshine and roses, right? There's challenges. There's difficulties. We're all met with uh, unexpected turns in the road, and a major, massive one happened to you in 2017, you had an incredible um, 
car accident definitely changed the trajectory of your life and affected your family in so many ways. Tell us a little bit about that. 2017, what happened? So in 2017, um, you know, the, the biggest thing to me is, is trials, hardships. Those are part of life. Everybody deals with them, whether they're mental, whether they're physical, whatever's going on, right? And you never think it's going to happen to you. right? And so that was kind of our situation is in 2017, um, we, my husband and I and my two oldest children um, were on our way home from a, a club volleyball tournament. Um, everything was a normal every day. Just a regular yeah, old regular afternoon, Regular old right? every day. Yeah. You know, I had, at that time, I had four kids in club, um, but it was just our oldest two that had the tournament, so they were with us. Um, and we, yeah, we got in a really, really bad car accident. So, um, you know, we had so many first responders say, I've seen accidents, not even the severe and usually somebody dies. So we were pretty grateful that all four of us survived. However, yeah, it left us kind of in a, a mingled state. Yeah. Right. So my two oldest are paralyzed from the waist down. Um, they both live in wheelchairs. Um, and, Myself, I had crushed my ankle, broken many bones, femurs, wrists, ribs, you know, you name it, broke them all. Um, And so, and then my husband, in in the same respect, he broke many bones as well. Um, But yeah, it it kind of changed our lives a little bit. We spent about two months between the hospital and rehab, um, living in a hospital, basically. Um, I still had four kids at home. So my husband, who's was so strong at the time, you know, told the doctors, do whatever it takes to get me home. I need to get home to my kids. So he got home within about eight days, which was fortunate for us. So he was there with our other four children who were being taken care of by family and friends. friends. They step up. Yep. And so, so he got home, but the rest of us were sitting in a hospital. Trying, so trying it, to get better, just tr- and trying to figure out what life's going to look like, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's never going to completely heal. It's never going to be the same. Um, I still had my my leg at that time. They spent about three years trying to fix it. Um, so I spent three years with in a wheelchair because every single surgery that I did was six to eight weeks non right recovery. Yeah, yep. And it was I had about ten surgeries, nine to ten surgeries up wow. to that point. Um, so you know. It was a different life for us for a little while. Um, well, actually permanently, yeah, yeah. but it takes a little while to get to your new normal. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it takes a, a little while to get there. But then once we got there, you know, things have been a little more calm and chill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was life changing. It was definitely a different world for us. It, um, I think a lot of people, don't realize you kind of hit this point in your life where you think, how did I get to here? Right. Right. How did I, how did I get to this point where I don't have the same excitement in life as I used to have? Because life's hard. Yeah. It is so much harder to do things. It is so much harder to feel ambition to do things. Um, And so, and that's kind of where we were. Yeah. You know, so. Which makes sense. I can understand that from every level. I mean, in so many ways, your world really tipped upside down. It really did. And, um, you know, you talk about the, it, there's a grieving process, right? And you kind of go through all those stages and you have to acknowledge and accept that your new normal is now your normal and you got to figure out how to move forward. Um, was there a moment where you're like a light bulb went on and you just figured it out or was it just this long process? Um, 
I think for each of us, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, my girls, they're so incredible. I was so impressed with them. They accepted their disability right away. They um, obviously they still had to learn things and right. they still had to move through things, but they instantly like we want to go back to school. They got involved in some of like the wheelchair basketball, with, okay, you know Paralympic type sports. Yeah, um, and so we had a, a local team in our area in Tucson at that time that um, they got involved doing that and just trying to be active back in the social life. Um, for that, so for them, I feel like they kind of grabbed onto it. For me, I. I, like I said, I spent three years in a wheelchair trying to figure out what's going on in constant pain. Um, I eventually amputated my leg in, at the end of 2019. Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> dealt with a few more. <clears throat> sorry. Dealt with a few more issues after that point where um, I ended up having about four more surgeries trying to deal with some complications that had come from that surgery. Um, and then about six months later, broke my hip. So oh, I wow. kind of um, was at this point where like, I just didn't feel good in yeah. life. Like I was, I had gained about 40 pounds. I was pretty much wheelchair bound. And really, I didn't want to not be wheelchair bound because it was so much work yeah. to not be wheelchair bound. So it was easier to just sit in a wheelchair every it. day and just do the minimum that I had to get done during a day. Yeah. So um, for me, yeah, it was, it took me a little bit longer. Um, once I amputated my leg, so we had moved to St. George in that, in that process, in that just after, okay. just after I had amputated. Um, and, and it was one point where I had had a friend back in Arizona who had been telling me about this national team for Paralympics um, and that they do go to the Olympics. And I um, was so excited. I had seen Paralympic sports right. in the past, sure. you know, just seen a little bit here and there. But um, back when I was in college, I had a chance to make the Olympic team and I was so close, except for I got injured. And uh -huh. so it kind of, I just kind of let that dream go. So this was a dream, a chance to compete in the Olympics again. So that was really my inspiration yeah. to, to get back get to back life. on track. Yeah. Yeah. So. so out in the world, this is not a common question to ask people, uh, but in our world, it's very common and we're proud of it. So how, how old are you now? I'm 45. 45 years old. And here you have this opportunity to kind of rewind the clock to some degree, go back to a time when you might've thought was the prime of your life, even though now you might disagree and say, no, now's the prime, right? But you have this opportunity to literally make an Olympic team. Like talk just a little bit about what that feels like and what the process was to move forward and uh, really accomplish that dream. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a funny story because I called the, um, so they have what they call a training camp to get to the Paralympic team. Okay. So they call it like an A2 camp or it's a sitting camp. Um, but it's where people go and they go to this camp over and over and over until they're good enough to be moved up to the national team. Okay. So I had called the um, coordinator of that camp and told him, you know, hey, I played back in college. This is something I really want to do. And I remember when I told him my age, he kind of laughed a little bit and he yeah. said, well, we don't 
really have people your age right. trying to do this. <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, the competitive yeah. college athlete in me was like, oh, oh, no, you didn't. I will beat anyone out <laughs> that you put in front of me, right? So I show up to my first camp. And mind you, this was like not long after I had my amputation. I had just spent a lot of time in a wheelchair. Yeah, I, you know, after college, I didn't do a great job of keeping in shape. So I always thought I was out of shape. I had no idea you just until didn't I went know to my you were first out of shape. camp. <laughs> so I went to my first camp and it, oh, I was so embarrassed at how out of shape I was. Yeah. I was so, I was so sad, you know, as an athlete mentally, I felt like I was still good. I was going to be fine. And I got there and I struggled. I really struggled. So sitting volleyball for a Paralympics, it's a lot of of on the floor movement. You literally yeah. sit on the floor and play. Yeah. So you're having to push yourself with your arms. And, you're yeah. having to, and you have to move. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you just sit there and reach your arm out. No, it's yeah, that's not, not that not the way easy. it works. Yeah. Not that easy. So I, I just remember leaving that camp saying, I will never feel that pathetic again. Right. Because it bothered me so bad. And yeah. it, I mean, I even got to where I could only do a couple of minutes on an elliptical without being so winded that I had to get off. So it was real. I was in a really bad state of conditioning. Yeah. And so um, I went home and that was like my new goal. I wanted to make this national team. I really wanted to play in the Olympics. I wanted I wanted to show my kids that dreams can come true, even if it's 30 years later. Yeah. And I wanted them to see that it's going to take work to get those dreams. It's not, dreams don't just lay in your lap. They don't just fall into your lap, right? They don't. And so um, I went home, I set a schedule. I was going to work out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I actually hired a trainer because that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted somebody who was going to help me to reach this goal. Provide some accountability. Yes. Yeah. Which is huge for me because college athletes have always had a coach yeah. who tells them, oh, absolutely. do this, of course, do that, yeah. and they do it. And yeah. so I needed that. I needed someone who was going to hold me accountable. Um, and I love my trainer. I still work with her today, um, Dana. So she's amazing. But, um, but I went home and I set that schedule and it still wasn't easy. You know, it, it took a long time. Um, in the beginning, I had to take long breaks in yeah. between each exercise. I had to take a nap after each workout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and it was funny because I remember a couple of months in asking my trainer, like, man, they say it only takes like 12 months to get to where you're in a routine and you feel good. I was like, I'm past 12 months <laughs> past and 12 I months. still don't feel that way. You know, I'm still I exhausted yeah. after every workout, you know, but um, I stuck with it. Yeah. And I made sure I completed every workout, even if I had to take longer breaks in between, you know, and then eventually it did get better. Yeah. Eventually I did have a lot more energy after working out. I could go get more things done. I felt good about myself you know, and I, I started my husband, uh, amazing as he is, he built, he moved our RV out of our RV garage and he built me a little gym floor that I could practice moving around on yeah. and I could get my movements in so that I wouldn't be as out of shape when I went to each training, <laughs> you know, and I continued going to the trainings. Yeah. I didn't miss. I made sure that that was a priority in my life and I made sure that I was doing what it took to get to there. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's just amazing. And uh, 
I know that, that there's a big part of your motivation is to show your kids what's possible, but thank you for sharing with us what is possible. Yeah. And like I said, we get to see this oftentimes at the World Senior Games. We see people overcome everything from injuries to illnesses to just life, just life, you know, and um, this is inspiring. So again, yeah, congratulations you. on your success and go get it. Like, just go get it. So um, without, we run out of time. Uh, yeah. But we want to wish you the very best in, in what's coming up. And uh, so you're on the national team. I guess the Olympics is the next stop. Yeah, Paris yeah. is next year. I'm working hard to get to that point. Yeah. Um, I just got on the team, so I've still got to earn my position and work my way in there. And I am I love the team. They're amazing, inspiring yeah. women. Cool. And so I'll just keep working at it. Well, best of luck. And we are definitely going to keep our eye on you uh, you and the volleyball program there. So thank thank you you for spending your time with us today and for inspiring us. And go get it again. Best of luck. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Thank you so much, Raylene. Just a couple of things to wrap us up here. Um, a quick reminder that you can check out all the results of the Huntsman World Senior Games, whether you're an athlete or a fan. All of that is available at SeniorGames.net. If you missed the games this year or if you were at the games and you want to relive some of the best moments, check out all of the video features on Huntsman World Senior Games TV, which you can also find at SeniorGames.net. Uh, Next week, we're going to feature our Huntsman World Senior Games staff in our annual Thanksgiving show, so join us for that. And remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe anywhere that podcasts are found. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website, once again, at SeniorGames.net, so check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from Mary Kay Ash, who is the founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, who says, don't limit yourself. Many people limit themselves to what they think they can do. You can go as far as your mind lets you. What you believe you can achieve. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.